a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. A lot of people are commenting on the high turnover rate among Vice President Kamala Harris's staff members. Uh, some ex staff members have anonymously complained of a hostile and demanding work environment. Is that a cause for concern? I'm not so sure. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. All right, so we have heard uh, a lot recently about this high turnover rate among staffers on the vice president, Kamala Harris's staff. Uh, Many people working in her D.C. office uh, have come out, as I said, most of them anonymously, saying that it's an unhealthy environment, citing the vice president's chief of staff, uh, Tina Flournoy, as a big part of that problem. Other members of the staff say the office isn't like anything uh, that these dissenters are describing. So the question is, is the environment really dysfunctional or is this just how D.C. offices work? Uh, this really is what we want to think again about. Uh, these kinds of criticisms are are not uh, uncommon in Washington, D.C., as you might expect. And I want to dive into the specifics of, of what is going on in the vice president's office and what that means. But I also think it's really important to, to recognize, uh, first, the role of staff members uh, in a Senate office, in a vice president office, in the White House uh, in uh, all these uh, high-profile positions, offices are hard. There's no question about that. And so I think we have to be a, a little leery of ex-staffers coming out. This is a very common theme that comes that it was a hard place to work, that it was difficult. And part of the reason I wanted to get us to think again about this particular headline today about the vice president's office uh, was actually something that a staunch conservative said yesterday in defending the vice president. Now, I want to I want to repeat that. <laughs> uh, Mark Thiessen, who is a commentator on Fox News, uh, writes for The Washington Post, uh, does a lot of work with AEI, uh, was a speechwriter for George W. Bush and a very conservative, very conservative perspective of things. And when this topic came up and the question was posed to him, uh, his first reaction was not, you know, condemning the vice president and, oh, she must be a terrible boss and hard to work with. No, Mark Thiessen said, wait, wait, wait. If these staffers are worried about a, a hard place to work or a demanding job, 
they should go somewhere else because there's a hundred people standing in line who will gladly take their jobs and the opportunity to work in the vice president of the United States office. And he went on to to talk about this idea that there are there are a lot of staffers who think they are the boss uh, or the principal, as they were often uh, termed back there. Uh, who is in charge? I, my my question, whenever staff complaints came up, I would always say there's one name on the door. Uh, if you want your name on the door, go get an election certificate, run for office, and then you can do things the way you think they ought to be done. Uh, but so often this is just kind of uh, politics and palace intrigue or people who have agendas who are trying to drive things to somewhere they want to go uh, or climbing some ladder. That's where most of this kind of chatter comes from. Uh, but it has been an interesting debate on a number of levels. And so let's get into the vice president's office specifically, that of Kamala Harris, uh, how she is running the office and how that is going or not going. Uh, just recently on uh, CNN, uh, Margaret uh, uh, Taylor, from, uh, who's the managing editor for uh, Axios.com, uh, she talked about the reports and some of the divisions uh, that are not just within the vice president's office, but are actually within the Democratic Party. Here's what she said. The uh, truth of the matter is there also are these fault lines, uh, both inside the administration and inside Democratic politics. She has her fans. She has her detractors. And uh, not every vice president starts office in the opening months with this much kind of messiness and buzz. So, yes, messiness and buzz, that's that's typical of any new office. I've seen it in Senate offices. I've seen it in congressional offices. Uh, you see it in different staff offices. You see it in governor's offices. It happens everywhere. Uh, beginnings are really hard, and they are really messy. You're trying to get the right people in the right seats on the bus. You're trying to figure out what the bus is, what the bus can do uh, as the leader. And so figuring out all of those staffing things uh, can be a, a real challenge. And so the fact that it's a little messy uh, to me is of no concern. I find it very interesting that this conversation with the managing editor of Axios uh, went a little deeper in terms of, hey, these these are some fault lines within the Democratic Party. And some of these whisper kind of campaigns maybe be more politically motivated than they are whether or not the office is running efficiently. Let's uh, let's continue to listen to this. I think it is a perception problem at a minimum. And how much of this is a, a bigger problem? Uh, I think we have to wait and see as time goes on, as some of these issues uh, continue, to, continue to unfold and as she is dispatched to be uh, the president's voice, whether it is you know in Guatemala or whether it is uh, on network television interviews or whether it's responding to the pandemic, but it's politics. So the perception does matter and your ability to uh, bring your uh, your enemies into the circle and turn them into allies is it's one of the crucial tests of every politician. And, and right now the spotlight's on her. So it's interesting. Uh, Politico reported uh, that there were interviews with 22 current or former aides to the vice president. And some complained of that tense, uh, at times, dour office atmosphere uh, those uh, who were more supportive of the vice president and her chief of staff um, say, you know, part of it is that you're kind of protecting. Sometimes you create a bubble for the boss, uh, which is not healthy. Uh, it often seems like the right thing to do, but often it's where leaders get isolated. A leader that is isolated and off balance is really tough to lead. And so that could be a, a challenge of making sure you break down those barriers so people have access to the boss 
Uh, that's where your best input comes from is when staffers have the ability to communicate, again, with a member of Congress or the vice president or president. Uh, all of those things are, are a big part of that that challenge. And so this will be an interesting thing to see how this plays out. I actually agree that most of this is palace intrigue. Uh, there are clearly people within the Democratic Party uh, who really don't want the current vice president to become the next president. Uh, and so that starts projecting things forward to 2024. Joe Biden, uh, current occupant of the White House, will be 81. Will he run for re-election? Uh, will Kamala Harris be the heir apparent? Will there be a testy Democratic battle uh, between the different factions within the Democratic Party? And so a lot of this chatter is just that. And uh, I go back to uh to what I think is the most important thing for a staffer, and that is to do your job uh, and to not be concerned about the palace intrigue kinds of things, because often that prevents you from doing the work, doing the work at the expense of the American people uh, that you're that you're really being paid to do. Uh, And that's an important part of this conversation. So as we look at this again, the the dynamics of this, the politics of this will keep playing out. Uh, I think it's unfortunate Uh, I do think uh, the vice president does have a perception issue that she needs to confront and take on. And the best way for her to do that is to do her job and roll that out. And I think all of the other office chatter and politics and palace intrigue will subside uh, as things actually get done. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.